what's the best way to help our company page content go viral? Because I've noticed that it's really difficult to get company pages to go viral. It's a lot easier to get personal profiles. And she said, I can't tell you much, but what I can tell you is there's something that we weight more heavily than anything else, and that is comment density. Hello team, and welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a B2B Marketer podcast. We are joined today by AJ Wilcox, possibly the most passionate guy I've ever met regarding a LinkedIn organic and ads. So we split this episode into two. First, we talk about his organic strategies and pretty awesome stuff there. And then we move on to what's working right now in LinkedIn ads. Before that, let's jump in and talk about SaaS stock. USA is going to be massive May 31st until June the 2nd. And let me just give a couple of shout outs to the guests who is speaking at Sasol USA. We've got Nathan Latka, SAS legend. We've got the CEO of Drift. We've got Scott Ernst, founder and CEO of Demand Maven. That's Asia Arangio. We've got Will May, the CRO of ClickUp. We've got Kathy Gao, who is a partner at Sapphire Web Ventures. Anthony Canada, who is co-founder CEO of Audience Plus. Big, big names. It's going to be a massive event. If you want 20% of the ticket, there'll be a link below. Also, if you're interested in sponsoring, you can click on the other link and you can then go reach out to Sastock and sign up as a sponsor. It's going to be massive. Trust me. Let's jump into the episode right now with AJ. AJ, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Excited to be here. The LinkedIn master. I don't know about that, but we'll see. You can be the judge on that one. For sure. So everybody, first off, go check AJ Wilcox, search for him on LinkedIn, check out his organic stuff. It's what I've been doing today and over the past couple of months, to be honest. But what I wanted to do in this episode is dig into what you're doing on LinkedIn, both organically and paid, because I know that you that's what the business does. So you have a lot of experience there. And if possible, I want to start with organic. And specifically, my first question is going to be specific around comment gating. Love it. I will... First off, I think you hit it exactly on the head. My agency, we focus only on LinkedIn ads, but I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn organically. I love the strategies. I love checking out and see what other people are doing. And truth be told, I mean, even though we are a LinkedIn ads agency, over, I would say, two-thirds of our leads come from our organic presence on LinkedIn. And it's not all me. It's some of the team too. But yeah, let's talk about comment gating. So specifically, we had a post go out about three or four weeks ago where we did a process called comment gating, where you're essentially saying, I have this awesome asset for you, comment below to get it. And we've done this, we've suggested it to our clients before, suggested it to others, but never actually done it ourselves. And if I'm being honest, it's like, I've recommended it to others, but if it is a total flop when I do it, I'm gonna be a little bit embarrassed. (laughs) But it turned out to be really great. So actually, just as of recording this week, we published a case study on why we decided to comment gate it and what the results were. Yeah, so the case study was like pretty awesome. Like, can you share impressions and comment numbers on this post? Yeah, I don't have the post up in front of me, so I might have to go grab it. But we had over 2,500 comments, or it's around 2,500 comments. And I do recommend anytime you're doing anything organic on LinkedIn to respond to every commenter. That actually came from some advice that I actually got from LinkedIn's head of company pages. I was talking to her and said, hey, by the way, like, what's the best way to help our company page content go viral? Because I've noticed that it's really difficult to get 
company pages to go viral, it's a lot easier to get personal profiles. And she said, well, I can't tell you much, but what I can tell you is there's something that we weight more heavily than anything else, and that is comment density. So I asked a little bit more and deeper, and what I understand about comment density is it's like comments help your posts go viral on LinkedIn. It's the most helpful thing that you can do. But if every comment is just nice one, bro, or looks good, like there's not much density to that. If, however, someone says, hey, I noticed you wrote this, how about this? And you respond and say, ooh, that's a good point. I hadn't considered. And then they respond back. Now you have these dense comments, comments where an actual conversation is going on. And that is what drives virality the most. So we had over a thousand people request this guide. So some marketing teams may call that leads. We're not treating them like MQLs or anything and not necessarily following up too aggressively. But yeah, I mean, thousands of comments, lots of reactions. I think there were 20 reshares where people took my post that was promotional, but giving something away and shared it directly to their followers. Comment density, that's big. I actually never knew that. And so that's going to be super valuable. So we basically want big, chunky comments. And then we want you on your own post and ideally other people to reply with big, chunky comments. And that's going to give us more exposure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a little known secret that I think is going to make a big difference. Got it. The other thing I thought was really interesting about your comment gating article, we'll link to this below, by the way, guys, is that you were mentioning, because I've done this before, what I've said, like I've told them to give a specific comment, like, yes, I want it, et cetera. But what you're saying is, actually, that to LinkedIn is not going to look good. And so we just say, leave a comment and people can say whatever they want that looks more natural for the algorithm. Yeah, I think if I were on some quality assurance team for LinkedIn or for any social network, trying to figure out like what are some of the signals that we can discount so that they don't, so bad actors don't go viral or spammers don't go viral. I think the first thing I would look for is a whole bunch of exactly the same comments one after another. So I can't say for sure whether I think this is actually a signal that they take into account. But to your point, I think it's great to just let people comment the way that they're going to comment just so it looks as natural as possible. Sure. Okay. So let's just do like a deep dive onto this campaign. So it's the LinkedIn ads, like ultimate guide, right? Advanced LinkedIn ads, ultimate guide. Yeah. Cool. And so you said a thousand downloads. Well, the only thing you did to promote this so far, that organic post, or have you done other stuff? So I had one promotion that I did where I was speaking at, at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego. And I told them, you have like the exclusive first shot at this. So with a couple hundred people in the room, we probably had 50 people request the guide from a landing page. And I got what I wanted out of it. It was like, I got to give this conference an exclusive access to something we just barely came out with. Then I opened it up to LinkedIn and we haven't done anything since. My goal was to get this into as many hands as possible. And we ended up sending out the guide to over a thousand people, which from my estimation, it already blew away every estimation that I had, every prediction. I think we're good. I mean, I'll probably still promote it from like decks when I present to more advanced advertisers. And maybe we'll put it as like a featured section on my LinkedIn profile or something. But yeah, it's gotten out quite a bit. Makes total sense. But you mentioned, interestingly, that they've just done like 300 comments. And so that post, like even people not commenting, I guess must have fun somehow found the post, uh, somehow found the link to the landing page where they can download it, right? From what instance? From the comments? Well, yeah, but actually they couldn't have found it in the comments, right? Because you... You were sending in DMs to people that commented. What I'm trying to get at is that exactly you mentioned this might not be correct, but just under 300 comments on the post. Was that right? Oh, we had over 2,500 comments on the post. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, and me and my marketing guy and my assistant 
for weeks, we reached out to all of those people because if you're a first level connection of mine, that was so easy to send it. But if we're not already connected, I had to send you a connection request. And after a couple hundred of those, LinkedIn started putting up the wall that says, you've sent too many connection requests this week. So then we'd have to comment out to people and say, hey, I know I said I was going to send this to you, but I ran out of invites. Can you request Can you request to me that we connect? And then I'll send you the guide. So it did it. The process took a few weeks, but was great. I mean, I ended up with probably only a quarter of the people who commented were my first level connections. The rest were people who maybe some of them were followers, but in general, this was an audience who did not know me. We weren't connected. And now I have 3,000 extra followers just from this. Incredible. And to clarify, people were giving their email addresses for the guide. They weren't. Nope. It was purely let's connect on LinkedIn, which is actually good because a lot of our leads that come in organically and inbound are people who have just read what I've written on LinkedIn and shared. And so the strategy here was, yeah, maybe we don't own their contact info, but they're now connected, they're following, and they're going to be seeing our stuff ongoing for forever for free. And so we figured this is going to pay off in the future. Makes total sense. Now, there must be something else you're doing right on LinkedIn. I see a post here you posted four hours ago. Three reposts, these are left. That's maybe you haven't seen, maybe you haven't logged in. 108, like 35 comments. And so this post, I'm just like scanning it, right? So it seems like there's a new type of feature, a new hack actually, a new feature that's being released. And you're basically taking that information and then you're explaining to other people what they can do with it. And then there's the image. And there's no like CTA to anything external to LinkedIn, but you are like, you're asking questions at the end to get comments. So here's like a really nice post. Like, was this strategic? Yeah, totally strategic. Me as a consumer, I like to offer as a marketer the kinds of things that I would like to consume. So if a brand is just constantly pushing you towards lead magnets, towards you know their sales team, I don't love that. So I would say probably 80% of the content we put out is just purely educational. We're not asking anyone anything of anyone. And this post is a good example of that. And that's the kind of stuff that gets commented on. And we know that comments are the biggest driver of uh, virality on LinkedIn. So it actually helps us out long-term in growing our audience. But as we've discussed, not just comments, comment density. And I'm scrolling through these comments and I'm seeing a lot of dense comments, AJ. Loving it. Amazing. Okay, cool. Yeah, we try to eat our own dog food. <laughs> Next up, you also have, and I haven't really got my head around this, the LinkedIn like email newsletter. Is that like working? Is that working for you? Yeah, yeah, totally. In fact, when LinkedIn very first comes out with a feature, very similar to any other social network, they like to give an abnormal amount of attention to that feature. So I got access to a LinkedIn newsletter. I got access to it in the first like month or two that it was out. And we debated, like, should we do this? Is this worth it? It's more work. It was actually my head of marketing who suggested it. And I, I acquiesced and said, okay, if you're going to help me with it, let's do it. And turned out within the very first weekend of offering it, we had more subscribers to our LinkedIn newsletter than we have to our actual email list as a company, which is embarrassing to admit, but it continues to drive. I don't think LinkedIn's giving as much attention to it as they were earlier, but I definitely think it's still worth having. Got it. And then you also distribute, I think you distribute your podcast through that LinkedIn newsletter. Yeah. Every episode we send out to our email list, we make an announcement on LinkedIn and we add the whole actually show notes page to our newsletter. Makes for good content to send out. For sure. And we'll link to the pod below as well. Is LinkedIn actually sending that newsletter out to people's emails or is it just giving people notifications on LinkedIn? 
That's a good question. I don't think I know the answer. I know at some point they would email out and let everyone know that a newsletter had arrived. I don't know if they still are, but they started out that way. Yeah, interesting. I really need to get to the bottom of that. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, cool. So let's just summarize what we've learned about like LinkedIn organic so far. We want comment density. We want to offer massive value up front. We can use comment gating if we like, but we're not going to prescribe what type of comment. Anything else I'm missing? I mean, just drive anything you can. Like As we are creating content, the guiding principle is, is someone going to want to comment on this? And if not, I'm going to want to adjust the post until it would actually elicit a comment. Comment density is something that you can help with as a marketer when you're replying to your own comments. But initiating those comments and conversation, like that's something that's your post job. For sure. I did one last week that worked quite well. Maybe it would be cool if you test this. I'm going to give you a post idea here, AJ. How did it do? It, well, probably not as good as yours, actually. So it's just a one-line post. I'll link to this below, guys. In five words or less, what advice would you give someone starting a B2B marketing team? So you could obviously adapt that for LinkedIn as, right? Oh, yeah. 75 comments. But what I'm actually doing there is I'm restricting comment density, aren't I, with that five-word thing. Probably increasing number of comments because it's like lower barrier to entry to comment, but mm. we're not going to get dense comments. You could then reply to all of those and ask a deeper question. And I think you could build that comment density pretty naturally. But yeah, even just leaving it open-ended, like what advice would you give versus what five words would you give? I think that could help quite a bit. Nice. Loving it. Okay, cool. So comments, comments, comments is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I think when it comes down to organic on LinkedIn, comments are king. So you're posting pretty, is it daily? Yeah, yeah, usually daily. Every once in a while, I'll skip a day, but... Got it. And are you like producing all the content yourself? Me and my head of marketing do. So I, I wish I could claim it all myself. But I'm far too busy to keep that up. If you look back before I brought my head of marketing on, I would have like one, maybe two posts a week. So yeah, I've got to give credit to him where credit's due. Of course, definitely. All right. So I think that's organic unless there's any other little gems that we're missing. I think lending credibility to your company's page from your personal, I think that's going to be really important moving forward for teams. The challenge, like we talked about earlier, it's a lot easier to have your personal content go viral and reach a lot of people than it is to have a company page do it. So any chance that you have as a person to point people towards your company page, sometimes we will straight up link to a company page post, reshare it with some comments from me on this is why what the company is sharing is important. And then doing the reverse, the reverse, it doesn't matter as much, but using your company pages posts to highlight people on the team and the founder and content that followers of the page should be aware of. I think that's a big one moving forward. Makes total sense. I've heard rumors about, you can help me out here, about LinkedIn allowing people to boost posts from personal pages. Is this true? Yes, it is. And it's in beta right now. There's only 30 advertisers who have access to it. So I've come across a few. I know the CEO of T-Mobile posted something out with it. This is actually one of the features I'm most excited about because from an ads perspective, I've always felt like our hands were tied. We can only promote company page posts. And when a company page post comes across someone's feed, the natural reaction is, oh, this is a company that they don't know that I exist. They don't care that I comment. I'm just going to keep moving. But a person, when you reply to them and you can have this conversation, that's a lot more attractive. So when we go to advertise, we're stuck promoting the crappiest post. And so when LinkedIn announced this, they, they actually announced it back in November at their, their big meeting. It was called Be to Believe. 
I got to be there in San Francisco at it. And I just, I cheered because I was so excited about this ability. And in fact, as soon as we get access to it, this comment gating post, that's the first one that I'm going to promote. Because while we reached a lot of people, this post had over 150,000 views. It was my most viral post ever. That's great. But it's still made up of people who are like the connections of my connections, which I don't know who they are. I don't know how connected to LinkedIn ads they are. Imagine if I can then promote that post and specify it's heads of marketing at large B2B companies in the tech sector. Now that the comment gating comments that come in, they're all from our exact ideal target audience from companies that we know are large enough to afford budgets for LinkedIn ads. So I'll be the first one in line to use this. Complete game changer. Any timeline on when they're going to be rolling that out? Usually LinkedIn's betas last between like three to six months. So I wouldn't be too surprised, especially because this is one that requires a lot of permissioning on the back end for LinkedIn. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is a feature that we don't have later on in the year. But I don't know, the earlier the better. I, I'm hoping I'm the first one that it rolls out to outside the beta. Got it. All right. So we hit the ninth transition into paid. So my question here, the first question on paid is what is really killing it right now for paid B2B LinkedIn? Yeah, that's a really solid question. One I wish I had a better answer to. Let me hit it with a challenge first before answering it. The biggest challenge that I think we've seen in B2B, and I, Tom, I'd actually love to hear your thoughts on this too, is that for years and years, myself included, B2B felt like, let's just gate content and follow up on those leads from our sales team. And it's become increasingly clear over the last couple of years that getting someone from MQL to SQL from a content-gated post to getting them on the phone with a sales rep is really difficult. I don't know if it never worked or maybe it's just like the user behavior has changed over time, but we've realized that there's so much more that we need to do towards the beginning of the process. LinkedIn has this objective called brand awareness. And I would definitely suggest don't use that objective because it's garbage. Uh, all the other objectives work better. But we really do need, like outside of the objective called brand awareness, we really do need to build this brand awareness to get people to know, like, and trust our brand before we ever ask them to hop on the phone with a sales rep. Got it. And you're saying that LinkedIn ads is a good way to do that because you can pay to ensure your posts are being seen by the specific people that you know could be buyers? Yeah, I think that's the real magic behind LinkedIn because I'm not a LinkedIn ads fan. I'm a fan of the results of targeting exactly the right people with the right message and what that can do for a company. It just so happens that LinkedIn ads is the only platform on the planet that lets us reach exactly the right people at scale. So even though LinkedIn started out with a really crappy retargeting product where we couldn't count on our retargeting, getting enough people in the audience and showing enough, just the simple fact of, hey, I've been targeting our ideal client profile for six months, a year, year and a half with helpful, useful content that they're going to like that makes them want to trust our brand, even if I don't use retargeting. So now their retargeting has gotten better. Now they have this ability to retarget based on interactions that actually happen on LinkedIn. So now we're showing ads to people like, hey, because you watched at least 75% of this video ad, now we're going to show you the next one in the sequence. Or because you visited our company page, now we're going to show you a certain sequence of ads. That This has all gotten better. And I'm really excited about this ability now to better follow up with people. Got it. So we're going to be producing information with us, written text or video that's going to, seems, educate our ideal buyers about the problem that our product or service solves. So we can ideally add value to their lives, even if they don't come and buy our thing. And then, am I on the right tracks? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. 
yeah, make sure that you are in front of the right people providing value so that when they do feel the pain, you're the first one they think of. For sure. And then what you're saying is the other dimension here is that as people consume that content or they take other actions, you can then change the information that we're feeding them on that journey. Exactly. Cool. Can we try and give an example? Like if I picked up a, I feel free to use a real example from that you've worked on or even your own company, or we could pick a fictional one, like a sales software company that specifically, like I've got, we have a client here that they just sell software that helps calculate compensation for sales reps. And so I assume what, and feel free to interrupt me and explain how you would do this, but we're going to be showing information to, I assume it's like the sales ops manager about how they need to, how important it is to get the comp right for their reps. And then we're going to take them on the journey. Is that about right? Yeah, I think so. And you're starting from a position where you already know the ideal target audience for this. Like you already know that this is sales ops people. I think a lot of people maybe you're responsible for a product, but you don't quite know who it is who feels the pain point that you solve. So you might start by targeting all people who are, let's say, manager or above in sales at certain types of companies. And as you're looking through your reporting, as things come back, you might see that this job title of ops manager pops to the top of like, oh, we're advertising to all of these sales titles, but 30% of our leads are coming in with ops manager as a title, maybe we should focus more on that. So you're actually in a really privileged position already knowing who this audience is. But I think you start with the assumption of like, we know we need to build know, like, and trust with this audience. To know, you have to know what the, a company exists and what it is they do. So I think the first layer would be starting out by showing ads, ideally video, because I think you can communicate so much more emotion in video, but video helping them to get to know your company and what you're solving with no real call to action other than like, hey, if you want to learn more, come check out the website. Then you get into the, the like phase where you're starting to offer them solutions, offer them information that helps them solve some of those biggest pain points that they feel at work. You don't have to be suggesting your product at all at this point, but just letting them know like there are solutions to your problems. Here are some of the manual ways that you can do it. Oh, and by the way, there are software solutions that can help you do this uh, even easier. I really like this aspect to it because it's totally possible for the company that you're talking about to tell people like, hey, this is how you can design a comp plan or this is one type of comp structure that works for sales teams. And they could give it all out, but I still think they would get customers from it because customers would still say, okay, yeah, I, I could probably implement that, but this software is going to help us do it so much better. I'm covered in case something goes wrong because you screw up your comp plan for your sales team and all of a sudden you lose your sales staff. So I think in this case, even giving away the farm, showing them how the sausage is made could actually still be really good for the company. Got it. Okay. No, like in trust. And it seems like a big trust thing is going to be us actually explaining to them, this is how you run compensation, maybe manually. Oh, yeah. I think that could be great. And then the other things that I would add into trust, now you're actually starting to let them know, like, hey, here are other people who've experienced the pain point you are, and this is how we've helped them solve it. So now you're showing ads with case studies and testimonials, other things that help them realize that you really are the best at helping them solve this problem. Yeah, and I, it's like, and I totally understand it now you're saying it, that it's really just like classic content marketing, but then you're pumping that content through this platform that allows you to guarantee the distribution of the information. Yeah, that's exactly right. The same process is always applied in marketing. It's just, yeah, you could buy a billboard on the side of the road explaining what your software does. And 
hope that of the million people who drive by, five or 10 of them are going to be ops managers for sales companies. And you might still reach them. It might be a worthwhile return on your investment. But you think about LinkedIn. Yeah, we're paying a lot per click, but we're reaching only the exact right people that we've defined. That's why the ROI works, even though the average cost per click on LinkedIn is like eight sixteen dollars per click. Have you heard about these LinkedIn ads? We're currently running them where, you know, the, the text ads top right corner, you can like set them up and then not get any clicks. So you get really cheap impressions. Have you heard about these? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a huge proponent of this. Do you have the running for your business? We do. Yeah. Every time that we have budget and attention for it, I love to run text ads alongside any sort of sponsored content we're doing. We actually ran a study on this a few years back, and we found that just running sponsored content, we'd get this level of engagement. As soon as we had text ads running with just our logo flashing on the screen over and over and over, the lift of our click-through rate went up by 13%. So, And they cost next to nothing. I mean, like you said, they're free, essentially. You can bid all the way down to $2 per click, and they have a 0.025% click-through rate on average. So that means two and a half clicks out of every 10,000 times these are shown. It's a lot of attention for very little outlay on your part. For sure. I think we're at nearly 250,000 impressions and it's just still below $50. Yeah. So yeah, I assume like as more people clock onto this, I don't know, maybe the cost per click would go up. I don't know, you're holding the bids. So maybe they'll somehow make it more expensive. What do you think? Well, they do share inventory with LinkedIn's dynamic ads right now. So as dynamic ads get more popular, it actually steals inventory from text ads. So I wouldn't be too terribly surprised if in the future we actually lost this ad format altogether because it's not very performant according to LinkedIn. But like we've talked about, it's actually really, really good for your branding and awareness. LinkedIn had a glitch a couple months ago where all of a sudden we lost a bunch of features and it left us wondering, did we lose the feature because LinkedIn's going to be taking it away in the future? Or was this actually just a glitch? And LinkedIn said it was just a glitch, but one of the features we lost was the ability to create text ads. And I've always wondered ever since like, oh, maybe this is an ad format that LinkedIn has on the chopping block. So certainly take advantage of it while you've got it, just in case. I can tell you really love, you really love LinkedIn, don't you? Yeah. And like I said, like if any other platform could do what LinkedIn ads could do at scale, I'd be a fan of that too. Like I'm not a LinkedIn homer, but definitely like this is the stuff that gets me fired up. And so in terms of your day-to-day in the business, because obviously you're a founder CEO, right? Yeah. Are you like spending your time like investigating LinkedIn to tweak new ad processes to implement for the clients? Are you working with clients or what's the day-to-day role? Over time, so I started the company just over eight and a half years ago. When I first started, I was not a good sales guy. I'm still not. I'm terrible as a CFO and an accountant. Like there were just all these things I was bad at. But what I always was good at was just creating content and partnering, coming on shows like this, like being able to be a guest on your show, like that takes time and attention. And those are some of the things that I just love. They feed me. So over time, I've given up areas of my business. Like I gave sales to my head of sales. I gave the actual creation of our marketing content to my marketing guy. And what that's done is it's freed me up to like the comment gated post and the case study that came afterwards. Like I wrote that. I wrote the advanced guide. I still get pulled in when we're working on deals for very large, like enterprise level clients. I'm still able to hop in and help in the sales process. But I've given away all the stuff that grates at my soul, like sales that I don't really want to do. Makes total sense. And 
what I find also is that in the content creation process, you also do learn more about the industry, right? Because you have to go out, for example, the thing today that you shared, you have to go out and find these things to bring to your audience. And so that helps you tweak and improve your skill set, which I sure you implement to your clients. Oh, exactly. Oh, and sorry, I did forget to mention that. One of my mentors kind of growing up in digital marketing is a man by the name of Larry Kim, you may already know. I went to a lot of conferences that he spoke at. He was this keynoter. And one of his year's keynotes that he spoke about was Twitter ads. And I've never spent more than probably $5,000 on Twitter ads. I don't know much about them. But what he shared was totally life-changing for me. He shared all these hacks of how he would get news, newsworthy content in front of journalists using Twitter ads and how he would replicate the same strategies on Facebook. And so seeing things like that, I went, wow, that's the position I want. So I would say probably a quarter of my time is spent actually testing things in LinkedIn ads to find out it's the R&D role to find out what we can actually push out to our clients and have them be more successful too. If you just run the same strategy over and over, you become a one-trick pony and and kind of a, an echo chamber. And when things stop working, then you kind of lose it. You don't want to lose your clients and have them not get results. Yeah, that's such a high... I've realized this as well. It's such a high-level use of your time, right? Because if you find one thing that works, you can implement that over all your clients and that can add like significant value to the world. So love that. AJ, I fed up this show because I love bringing on people that are like super passionate and I dare I say nerdy uh, about specific things. And so you obviously on LinkedIn and we've dropped like a lot of gems here that I'm really happy with. But I do also like the point that you made. If you're not loyal to LinkedIn, you're loyal to the platform that enables you to produce and distribute marketing material that works. Is, is that accurate? I think so. If we approach any sort of platform as a solution to a problem that our clients have or that marketers have, if another platform comes across around that will add to our abilities to target people in B2B, then I'm all ears. I love it. So I do think we should all be less platform loyal and more solution loyal. And there we go, guys. So we love LinkedIn. It's great, but also it's not great. And we need to be aware that it's just a tool. Totally. AJ, thank you so much. We're going to link below to the business. We're going to link below to the podcast. We'll link below to the LinkedIn post. Anything else we should link to? I don't think so. I think that's the big stuff. I just appreciate you bringing me on and sharing all the goods. My pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, team, as I mentioned, I love bringing people on that just geek out on B2B marketing stuff. And AJ clearly was one of those types of people for LinkedIn ads and LinkedIn Organic. So shout out to AJ. All the links below will be in the show notes if you want to check that out. If you have any feedback about the show, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. Send a screenshot of that to me via email or on LinkedIn, and I will definitely get you a shout out on the show in the outro of an episode. Massive shout out, of course, to Sasquatch. Massive shout out to our sponsor, Hockey Stack. Thank you so much for listening.